श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय श्री गोकेश्वर पबजी महाराज टीर बाब महमद सुतीथि की जय गुड टू बी बैक विद यू अगेन गुड इवनिंग टू ऑल वी मीट ऑन द स्पेशियस फर्स्ट डे ऑफ द पिज्मा पंचका लास्ट फाइव डेज ऑफ कार्तिक व्हिच कोरिस्पोंड्स विद द डिसअपीयरेंस डे anecdotes and uh, and insights into the lives of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and followers of him in our disciplic succession compilation um, put together by uh she bhakti balab tirtha maharaj at the request of bhakti pramod puri goswami maharaj quite some time ago and published in recent years in english and as i say he has a couple of paragraphs here particularly about the disappearance so we'll we'll read some of that um but otherwise uh, of course gorakshurdas babaji maharaj is a very prominent and uh, important person in our lineage and when i say that it reminds me of a story <clears throat> that i've told before but worth repeating and that is the story of how one of my god brothers who had taken sannyas from pujapati shridhar marsh and uh, was hearing from him um, about the essential idea of the guru parampara <clears throat> and in describing that pujapatrina merge made the point that along the way in the line there may be certain luminaries that really stand out and make a significant contribution to the sampradaya and we will tend to draw the line of our sampradaya from such one such luminary to another and sometimes not listing perhaps the many that come in between giving the example of of a kind of a siksha guru parampara of of modern science or a bhagwat parampara of modern science listing copernicus and uh or who came first galileo Galileo, Copernicus, Newton, Einstein and so forth uh major contributions let's say uh and there are others of course but but there are many 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 scientists uh in between you can't list all of their names it used to be a a, a custom probably is in some sects of Gaudiya Vaishnavism today at a time of the time of getting uh receiving initiation from the guru the guru would give the list of the parampara the members in the parampara back to 
one of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like Nityananda Prabhu, Advaita, uh, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, and so forth. And um, and that's a useful and a beautiful idea in many respects, but it's, it's function, functional. From a functional point of view, it breaks down as time goes on, as you can imagine. Um, if we were to carry on for 10,000 years, that would be a pretty long list to be carrying around with you of the gurus in the parampara and so forth. So uh, it's not an essential idea. <clears throat> uh, but um, many with that idea, which is a charming idea, a beautiful idea, and and, uh, and all would, uh, during the time of Bhakti Siddhanta, give over emphasis to this list of acharyas in 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a line, and when Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur gave his list, there was some gaps in between some of them, and all of them weren't initiated by the one in in front. They may have had the association of one. One may have been the Siksha Guru, but his Diksha Guru wasn't listed because in the estimation of Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the Siksha Guru played a more prominent role. So he was kind of giving us an essential idea of, of Guru Parampara. Hmm? And uh, some the formal idea, which is not to be dismissed, but if it gets the upper hand over the essential idea, that may become a problem at times. So, speaking about this idea, uh, and this concept, dynamic kind of, thinking about the Guru Parampara in one respect, the respect in which I'm speaking of. Uh, my godbrother imbibed this spirit and so forth, and he was commissioned by Puja Patridamarsh to open a temple in the West. He opened the first uh, temple that had the uh, combined influence of Prabhupada and, uh, and, and Sridhar Maharaj. So anyway, on his altar he was putting the pictures and he thought, well, Gorkishwara's Babaji, he's the initiating guru of Bhakti Siddhanta, but he didn't make a significant contribution. Um, like Bhakti Vinod wrote so many books and so forth, and Bhakti Siddhanta starts to talk with 64 moths, monasteries he opened, sent emissaries, missionaries to the West, and so on and so forth. Prabhupada with, with his huge campaign. So he thought, no need to put Babaji Maharaj's picture on the altar. And when this came to the attention of Sridhar Maharaj, he was very upset. Hmm? And and he chastised that disciple, but the, the, that disciple had the the uh, courage to come back and say, well, what was the contribution of Gorkha Das Babaji Maharaj? And the Sridhar Maharaj roared back, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So, there's a uh, from this we remember we're taken to a remembrance of Lokanath Goswami who had one disciple who his name was Narutam Das Thakur who preached widely all over India and Bengal or so, um, uh, this uh, Manipur up near China and so forth converted many many persons and so this is the, the contribution of Lokanath so similarly Gorkashore was, in in many respects, the contrib- his contribution was Bhakti Siddhanta, kind of a combined, 
contribution. Bhaktivinoda Thakur obviously had a large part to play. But it was Bhaktivinoda Thakur who encouraged and uh, pushed Bhaktivinoda Sarasthi Thakur in the direction of Gorkishwar Das Babaji, uh, insisting that he take initiation from him. And some say that Babaji, that Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself wanted initiation from Gorkishwar. But um, we'll come back to this and um, and especially with regard to the, dis- it'll come up, I think, with the description of the disappearance and Bhaktisiddhanta Sosithakura's role. Um, but uh, just briefly, before we go, come back to it in some detail, Gorkhashorda's Babaji Maharaj was not very uh, fond of accepting disciples. He avoided them like the plague. He was born, and I say we'll come back to that, he was born in uh, East Bengal, in Faridabad, in uh, a Vaisha cloth merchant's family. And um, he was uh, married and lived the householder life until he was 29, at which time his wife passed away. The mortality rate, of course, in Bengal at that time was much uh, higher than we find we're accustomed to in the Western world. Um, Sridhar Marsh is another example that comes to mind of someone whose wife died at a very early age. And so Babaji Marsh, upon the death of his wife, he uh, did the the right thing. He became a renunciate and uh, pursued a life of exclusive bhajan to Gaur and Krishna. And uh, for that, of course, he went to Vrindavan, and uh, he uh, was. There are different reports, and these histories are not um, I want to say uh, there are different details, different details are sometimes told differently about the minor details. Um, for example, some say that he got Vesh or the the renounced uh, dress from Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj in Vrindavan, and that he got the, the Kopin from later on from uh, Bhagwat Das Babaji Maharaj, uh, who may have been his initiating guru. It's, I don't know if it's uh, that, that clear historically who his initiating guru was. Some say he also took a siksha from one um, Siddhanityananda Das Babaji in, in Vrindavan. At any rate, he had uh, good association in the plurality of gurus and, and, and guidance and so forth. And he had a, after some time, I think maybe 30 years living in Vrindavan and really taking to heart all that his teachers taught and exemplified themselves, um, living in the um, uh, uh, places of Krishna's pastimes, moving from place to place, no secure uh, uh, place that he would call his home. Vrindavan was his home and he was at home anywhere in Vrindavan moving from Leela Stali to Leela Stali, place of Krishna's Leela, one place to, to another, remembering them, 
meditating there and so forth, and uh, chanting the holy name, largely uh, in seclusion. He is an example of a Vivekanandi or a Bhajananandi. Hmm? Um, this idea I mentioned of my godbrother who had kind of made a mistake as to the importance of Gorkhashar Das Babaji. It's not that Sridhar Marsh didn't address that. Uh, he, he did in a beautiful way at a time when sometimes comparisons would be made like uh, that those who are the big preachers, they are the better devotees and those who are doing the bhajan, what did they do? Hmm? Of course, they had love of God, they did a big thing. And Sridhar Marsh gave a nice example that... Um, How did he say? Hmm. Uh, no, I can't remember the example or something. Uh, at any rate, his point was, excuse me, but his point was that the devotees are moved by Krishna, either to be outward and out in their in their ways of communicating, sharing the ideas with others, or moved to turn turn inward and. Um, they're all dancing for Krishna according to his will, that they have um, made one with their will, and his will is variegated, so it plays itself out differently in different devotees. We may like the preaching devotees, in one sense more, relatively speaking, because they come and pick us up and so forth, but prem is prem. Hmm? And, um, of course, again, the bhajan life of Gorgashirdas Babaji had much to do with the outreach of Bhakti Sarasti Thakur, so it's not disconnected. But he was very much inclined in this way. And after thirty years in Vrindavan, uh Das Babaji or Bhagwat Das Babaji, one of the two, uh, told him to go to uh, Navadweep hmm, and stay there. So he left Vrindavan and went to Navadweep. There are no details on why they asked him to go there. Um, we can reason about it in different ways. In a general sense, it's a very good place for worship. It said, worship in Mayapur or Navadweep, live in Vrindavan. Hmm? Prabhupada said, my place of worship is Mayapur, my place of residence is Vrindavan. So worship Gore, and this way you get access into the real Vrindavan. We don't think that Gorkashore Das Babaji Marsh did not have real appreciation of Vrindavan, the depths of that, so forth. But it can also be reasoned that the depths of Krishna Lila are found uh, to be greater in the exploration and the pursuance, the relishing of the Gaur Lila, which is, as we've often pointed out, the very uh, zenith of Krishna Lila. Hmm? At the zenith of Krishna Lila, Gore turned Krishna turned Sham turns Gore. Hmm? The dark one becomes golden, and another another Lila is, is 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 born, so to speak. And of course, it's also while well, very high, the Gore Lila very generous. So no offenses, um, offenses are very much um, overlooked there in the worship of Gore and in the land of of Nadi, of the Dham of Nadi, which is a the, the Gupta Vrindavan, hidden Vrindavan, the lotus within the lotus, hmm? Shweta Dweep. So he lived there the rest of his life, 
So up until about 30 years of age, he was in the uh, east-west Bengal area, then to Vrindavan, and then back to um, Nadia, where he lived out his life in Bhajan, passing from the world at about 19, maybe 1915. Hmm? But that life in Nadia is is uh, the, the life from which uh, several uh, insightful anecdotes have been um, drawn or compiled. And they've been compiled by Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, and a, a number of them. Uh, there are also uh, some scholarly um, writings uh, on Gorkhishwar Das Babaji that researched him amongst other mad saints of um, West Bengal or of Bengal. <clears throat> He's listed in one book by a scholar, uh, and I think the book is named something like that, Mad Saints of Bengal. Um, and of course, she got her notes from the notes of Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Vinod, and those of the time who had the association of Gaurav Das Babaji Maharaj. A number of number of persons. Um, he was well known as a Siddha Purusha, perfect in his 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 bhajan and so forth. But he uh, did not act in a way that uh, that was that, that constituted a teaching for sadhakas as to how to conduct themselves. Hmm? For example, we teach the sadhakas how to keep clean hmm? and uh, how things certain things are offerable and other things are not and for the deity and uh, and uh, uh, so forth. Uh, impure things are kept out of the kitchen. One has to bathe before at going onto the altar, and uh, all these types of things. And Gorka Shordas Babaji Maharaj's life in, in Navadweep was characterized by considering, by I guess ascertaining the motives, the impure motives of others, that d- despite their purity in form. Hmm, of worship and practice. And he kind of like whiffed the, uh, the, the, the stench in their, in their motive and to however small it would seem, if we hear some of the stories, and avoided them. What to speak of the people in general? Hmm? People in general avoided it. People who would be, I guess, I want to say masquerading as Vaishnavas with some... Um, less than pure motives, even while they were uh, devotees of some caliber, maybe uh, Vaishnav Prai or Vaishnav Abbas, uh, some of whom would uh, probably be celebrated by the public as, as great Siddha Bhaktas and they would enjoy such um, such praise and so forth. Uh, but Gorkhishwar Das Babaji had nothing to do with that, and it was very hard, therefore, to to get um, his association. To, as I said earlier, to get initiation from him, to get some, uh, to get him to take one uh, seriously. 
And uh, while, at the, on the one hand, he avoided uh, their impurity, on the other hand, he kept himself surrounded by impure things in form. In substance, he avoided the impurity, but he kept himself surrounded by impurity in terms of form, which then in turn, uh, he reasoned, would keep the insincere people away from him, who perhaps could only identify with the outer shell of things and so forth. So, for example, uh, he would dress himself, he would go to the Ganges, wear the the cloth of people, uh, their last cloth that had been taken off, I suppose, when they were cremated or, or... or thrown in the Ganges uh, for the funeral, he would that would be an unclean cloth. He would take that cloth, and that's what he would wear. Hmm. Um, he would find clay pots that had been thrown away and use those to keep whatever he might have collected through madukari, through going and and, and uh, begging for food, which. Uh, for that matter, he would only beg for dried foods from people, for the most part. He would never take uh, rice, it said, from anyone's hand, except three ladies in Vrindavan, who he called mother. Hmm. Otherwise, he would only take the dry grains, rice, dal, and so forth, rather than anything cooked. And he would his way of cooking would be to soak it in the Ganges, or in Ganges mud, uh, and then um, offer it and eat it the next day. Hmm. Um, so very, uh, he, he would uh, he would uh, at times uh, be found to do his uh, nam bhajan in um, the uh, outhouse latrine. There's a famous incident in in this regard where he was in the latrine and chanting Ha Goranga, Ha Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Ha Shri Krishna Chaitanya. Just chanting this again and again and again went on for hours. And um, people were hearing this and they became concerned that he was going to burn out his, his, his throat from just ha guranga, ha shi krishna chaitanya, ha shi krishna chaitanya, loudly. And so it went for hours and hours. And so then several dignified people went to try to uh, uh, help him out, so to speak. Even the police officer and, and and so forth to the latrine where he was staying, a lady had found him there, a, a bungie, a latrine cleaner, and um, but he wouldn't come out. He wouldn't stop chanting, and he wouldn't come out. Hmm. Um, so he kept himself in an unclean place, and he wouldn't have anything to do with persons, and he wouldn't come out. And one instance like this. Also, there's a story where he was found doing this on another day. I'll finish this story but on another day. A fellow went there and found him chanting Hare Krishna in a latrine. And he was so overwhelmed by the chanting that his perception was that the bricks that the latrine was constructed out of were also chanting. Hmm? That the Babaji Maharaj's chanting could, could cause inanimate things to chant. That was his perception. This is the kind of reputation the Babaji Maharaj had. Um, but on the other occasion, as I say, uh, relative to our particular lineage, it so happened that he chased them away and would not come out. But three or four uh, disciples of Bhagavad Gita Thakur, 
Thakur, did become a disciple of Gorkhasrodas Babaji Maharaj. And there's reason to believe that he was the only initiated disciple. And uh, that may be contested by others. There is reason to believe that. And um, and during the life of Gorkhasrodas and Bhakti Vinod, the two gurus of Bhakti Sarasthi Thakur, he himself was initiating disciples, which is uh, not an ordinary um, occurrence. Usually the guru will pass away and the, before the disciple becomes a guru, but the position of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur was extraordinary and he was blessed by both of his gurus in their in their presence to to uh, conduct initiation. So some of his disciples, three or four of them, uh, one of uh, whom was the famous uh, Bhakti Pragyan Keshav Maharaj, and the uh, guru of um, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj, who is famous for coming to the West and preaching in, in the last uh, decade or so, and has passed from the world um, a few years back. So Keshav Maharaj went there as, as, a, as a young young brahmachari, a few others, and and they asked Babaji Maharaj for his darshan, and he tried to chase them away, and they mentioned that they were the disciples of um, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur. I think the Thakur must have sent them there to try to remedy the situation. So when he heard that they were the disciples of Sarsati Thakur, then he kicked open the door and was very pleased to, to see them. And Keshav Maharaj in particular, uh, I think his name was Vinod Bihari Das, um, was blessed by him. He said, you you will become a great uh, preacher. You should preach courageously in the world without any fear. And I'll protect you, something like that. And he came to do that, actually. And there are many instances of Keshavar's very bold um, preaching. And um, in times where, where lives were threatened, where the life of his own guru was threatened and so forth, and uh, he was a very, very powerful and fearless um, preacher and sannyasi. So the benediction of Gorkhasur Das Babaji did not uh, uh, was powerful. <clears throat> so at any rate, he, he kept himself in uh, in a way, uh, often appearing naked or his copans half on and half off. Um, <clears throat> uh, he threatened to commit suicide if people would would uh, would, would um, interrupt his his reading of shastra, which. I guess at some point he said he went, he went blind, but he used to carry around the Prem uh, Chandra, Prem Bhakti Chandrika of Narottam Thakur. Um, he he asked Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur to uh, preach uh, the Satsandarbha of of, uh, of Jiva Goswami, so he must have been familiar with that in his earlier life. Although it's also said that he was illiterate, I think his illiteracy meant that he wasn't a lettered, educated person, but he was well-educated in, in Gaudi Siddhanta. Um, but he did become uh, blind later in his life, and uh, there's a contrast then between him and the very well-educated Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitaku, who became his disciple. We'll have to come to that. But um, again, he lived a very unorthodox life, one whose example was not one that a sadhaka could draw from and 
um, see him thereby as a role model. Babaji Maharaj acts like this, I'll act like that. Um, he didn't teach the disciples by his example how to offer boga to the deity uh, and so on and so forth. He he kind of didn't contain his his bhava. It was always uh, allowed to rage. Preachers like Bhaktivinoda Thakur would contain it for preaching. In the, whereas in the last four years of his life he let loose and and uh, lived in, inside a room and didn't come out uh, and, uh, and, and so forth. So, uh, Babaji Maharaj didn't put a check on that or couldn't check it I suppose you could reason as well um, rather than as I say teaching devotees how to offer the boga there's an eyewitness account that has been um, reported of how he was seen uh, with a raw eggplant that he took and cut into dipped it in Ganges water, uh, soaked it a little bit there, then brought it out and 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 said, "Baja Gaur Hari Patitu Daran," and then he said, "I don't know how to cook properly. Please eat this." Mm-hmm. In Bengali, of course, and and the eyewitness account reports that having done that, that was his offering. So one could think, one could think, well, I'll just do like work short as Babaji, you know, that's the Paramahamsa way. I don't want to be a, a Kanishta Adhikari or just a Madhyam Adhikari, I want to be a Paramahamsa. So, I'll, but no, you can't follow that example because following the offering, it said his body turned red, his complexion turned red and tears poured from his eyes and he became mad in ecstasy and after he came down from that, he used to carry a deity around with him, maybe around his neck. Then he put the deity to rest, and then he ate the eggplant, the raw eggplant, and relished it. It appeared as if he was eating like eggplant tomato curd sabji, deliciously fried in, in ghee and so forth. So sometimes it said... The example of great persons cannot be followed. Hmm. Uh, so he, he very much set an example. It was, uh, as I say, difficult if not impossible to follow a very extreme standard of of uh, renunciation, uh, somewhat like what we hear in the poems of Poem Shrinivas Acharya describing the renunciation of, of the Goswamis. Hmm. Uh, um, but, as I say, um, Bhakti Vinod Thakur wanted that his son, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur, Bhimal Prashad, take initiation from Gorgashore Das Babaji Mar, so he sent him to him. And uh, apparently he went more than once and requested and was refused. And uh, the, uh, the Thakur uh, related that he was very impressed by the uh, fact that Gorakashwaras Babaji, although an uneducated person, uh, had no interest in the education of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur, neither the moral um, fortitude of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur, things that were uh, very desirable by others. Hmm? 
others found these qualities to be very um, um, valuable and sought his association on the basis of his being educated and morally very strict and so forth. But it, this didn't make an impression on Babaji Maharaj. So that made an impression on Bhaktisiddhanta Sarthi Thakur that what he's about hmm, is something that transcends these things. And he knew that, of course, in theory, but he experienced it personally. It was a very powerful experience uh, for him. Uh, because, again, he was a popular person. People wanted to get in their group, and Babaji Maharaj was uninterested in him, despite the fact that materially he had many, many good qualities. So he was, on the basis of that insight, and of course the um, the insistence of Bhagavad he persisted in his pursuit of getting uh, the uh, uh, a connection with Gorgeshwardas Babaji Maharaj, who ultimately uh, acquiesced and agreed to initiate him. I think that he had perhaps. Um, was prepared to jump from the bridge and uh, commit some kind of violation of suicide into the Ganges. And um, Babaji Marsh, hearing upon this, uh, as he acquiesced, called him. It's somewhat reminiscent, as I said earlier, of the story of Naratam and how he got the initiation from Lokanath Das Babaji Marsh, or Lokanath Goswami, who wouldn't accept any service from anyone and rejected Naratam, so Naratam would kept himself out in the woods. And whenever Lokanath went to pass stool, then after he left the place, then uh, Naratam would come and clean the area up. And so after some time, Lokanath realized, somebody is following me, somebody is serving me. Who is that person? And uh, as it turned to be Naratam, he gave him initiation, was the lone disciple of Naratam. And as I said, there are um, in uh, in, in Godimant and in our Paribar, it's considered that Bhaktisanta was the lone disciple. There were of Babaji Maharaj Gorkashar. There are others who claimed to be disciples and uh, kept his company to some extent, and perhaps to a greater extent than Gorkashar does than Bhaktisanta who was out and about and doing things uh, for the sampradaya, initiating even and so forth, as I mentioned even while Gorkashores was still uh, present uh, amongst us. Um, but at the time of the disappearance of Gorkashore, that's Babaji Maharaj, then the, who was a follower, his follower in substance, um, was uh, brought to light by the challenge of Bhaktisiddhanta Sashtithakura, of those who considered himself disciples of Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj, and were about to follow his order to have his body tied to a, to a cart and dragged through the, through the streets after he passed from the world and thrown away. Um, so they wanted to follow his order and I do that, and Bhaktisiddhanta was Sarsitak was mortified at the thought that uh, that he had that his Gurudev had spoken with such humility about himself and really felt like that, and that others would think that they should literally uh, follow that rather than understanding it to be his humility and see that his 
uh, transcendental form would be properly dealt with by the Vaishnava standards for the funeral and a, and a, a, a samadhi uh, place where he would be into, his form would be entombed, would be established where others could go and um, pay homage and draw inspiration and indeed possibly even uh, feel the presence of Babaji Maharaj there at the samadhi and his blessing, which is... Uh, um, the whole idea of the of the samadhi when to speak of dragging the body through the streets even the body of the acharyas are not cremated but um, entombed if you will the, the classic example of course is the body of Haridas Thakur that was held in the hands of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who danced with his body in his hands personally uh, dug with his hands in the sand the uh, the samadhi um, for um, Haridas Thakur and proclaimed that whoever worships this place will become purified. A good example of the um, Siddhanta on bhakti and and um, and Namsan Kirtan in particular. That being the the uh, the tattva, the point that bhakti has the power to eradicate parabdha karma. The parabdha karma is the body that itself that's manifest. Thakurarias was had the body of a Muslim and, and the implication was that there were certain habits that he was habituated to by way of um, um, his his birth um, or that uh, he was unclean in some way, some would think. Uh, Hindus, Orthodox Hindus might think because he was a born in a Muslim family and so forth. But the Parabdha was completely transformed by his Nam Bhajan. Therefore, Mahabhu declared his body to be worshipable. So, it is the case, of course, with Gorkashwara's Babaji Marsh as well. And his body should not have sacred form, the perfected Sadaka Deya, <coughs> certainly not to be dragged um, through the streets. And so Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitakura came and there was a challenge at the time and I don't know if this is what is related in the paragraphs that I see here in the book before me that are uh, under the subtitle Babaji Maharaj's Disappearance. But let me um, read from it and and comment as, as, as appropriate and we'll get some more of the details and these details that I'm... Um, referencing here may be present in here as well. Babaji Maharaj's disappearance. Babaji Maharaj was an expert judge of character and had highly developed foresight and clairvoyance, often foretelling events in the distant future. On the 30th of Kartik, 1322 Bengali, equivalent of 1915 A.D., Paramhamsa Srila Babaji entered the eternal pastimes of the Lord. At the time, he was residing in Ranir Dham Shala in Kulia. When Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsitaku received the news of his disappearance, he was overcome with feelings of separation from his guru and immediately hurried to the site of his departure. He was heartbroken to see that the Mahatmas, abbots, the abbots or the Mahatmas of various uh, ashrams, were busily arguing, arguing about how to bury his body. The idea of the Babaji's was to lay claim to any future samadhi temple as 
such a temple would be an attractive pilgrimage site and a possible source of money-making. Srila Prabhupada stood alone and spoke up against such rascaldom. As things heated up, Navadweep's chief of police, Jati, Jati Ranath Singh Jai Bahadur came to maintain the peace. So this is another aspect. Um, as I say, there are different details that you hear from different accounts and so forth. Um, and I'm quite sure that both of these are accurate. This would have been a, a further um, uh, I say complaint or um, objection about these unsourced talkers. The first to the idea that his body should be dragged to the street. That's not mentioned here, but some were advocating that. I know those were, were as mentioned here, arguing over where, whose moth the his remains would be entombed, um, which then would become a source of income for that moth because people would come and play. Pay, do pilgrimage there and leave some rupees and so forth and so on. So these kind of uh, mundane uh, considerations were not something that Bhaktisiddhanta Sushi Thakur was um, absorbed in as others who were laying claim he should be at a marmoth. We, he did this over here, we served him there. Uh, were his real followers, uh, and so forth. At that time, Tirtamaraj continues, Srila Prabhupada had not yet taken Tridandi Sanyas. The Babaji's argued that they had taken the renounced order as Babaji's, and they had the right to perform the last rites for the one in their order. As this was not the case for Srila Prabhupada, he had no rights. Srila Prabhupada displayed his spiritual strength and stated that he was Babaji Maharaj's one and only disciple. Then he asked them, if there was amongst those renunciates any who had not had illicit sexual relations in the previous six months, They were supposed to be renunciates. <laughs> in the previous three months, in one month, or even in the previous three days. Hmm. So when the six-monthers were eliminated, hmm. and others still remained standing, he said, in the three months, and they were eliminated. Hmm. And, uh, and so on. In one month, in the last three days, he challenged them. Of course, they could have lied, but I guess um, they had that much integrity to acknowledge. And they were afraid of him. They were afraid of the power. Although he was not formally a sannyasi, Bhaktisiddhanta he was more renounced than any of them. And he had very good character. This was, was known. And he was known for being a nice Dika Brahmachari from, from his life. He had that kind of reputation. And these fellows didn't have the same kind of reputation, so they became a little intimidated by the force of his um, argument. And none came forward. 
So here is again his emphasis on form over substance. He was not formally a sannyasin or a babaji, but in substance he was more so than them. And he brought that out. Hmm? Uh, And he said, anybody who touches his body on this occasion and makes claim to being the follower who should have the the rights to place him into samadhi, Um, who was not honest in their in their vow, hmm? uh, they would be doomed if they touched his divine remains. So they were afraid of the um, the conviction of Bhakti Thakur. and so on the strength of that, maybe not entirely their honesty, <laughs> they were afraid to come forward and say, you know, we, we, I'm, I'm qualified and so forth. So this is one of the ways in which the Bhakti Milta Paribar makes the claim that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitaka was the lone disciple of Gorkashwara's Babaji Maharaj. <clears throat> uh, and when uh, Jatindra Bahu heard this challenge of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitakur and asked how anyone could prove whether or not he had illicit sexual relations, Prabhupada answers that, answered that he would take anyone who came forward on his word. Hmm? So Bhakti Siddhanta said, I'll take you on your word. Hmm? He challenged them. When the Babaji's recognized the great spiritual purity emanating from Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta, they slowly slunk away one by one. Hmm? And the chief of police was so embarrassed at this sight, and he uh, paid his obeisances to Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthakur and then left himself. Hmm? And so it, it was Bhakti Siddhanta who did uh, oversee the ceremony and place Gorkashore Das Babaji's Maharaj's body into uh, the Samadhi. So that's a historical fact. And how he could have done so at the time hmm, um, with so, and so many others who, who would have laid claim to the right and so on and so forth was only on the strength of his spiritual uh, purity and that they would that the, the fact that pointing out that only that the fact that he was able to do that hmm, uh, is the strong evidence for our claim as to his being being the, a true significant and um, the let us say at least at least the best of the followers of Gorkashwar Das Babaji Maharaj. Hmm. Some residents of Kulia told Prabhupada what Babaji Maharaj had said about his last desires. Well, here it comes. Apparently he had stated that he wished his body be dragged through the streets of Navadweep so that it would be covered with the dust of the Holy Dham. Srila Prabhupada replied, This is my Gurudev. Even Krishna is honored to carry him on his shoulders and carries him like a crown upon his head. He said these things to confound the pride of the materialists with his humility. We may be experienced fools or offenders, but we should still make an effort to understand his intention. 
When Haridas Thakur entered the eternal pastimes of Gore, Mahaprabhu took uh, pastimes. Gore took his body on his to his chest and danced with it. What a precedent he set for honoring the perfected soul's departure. We should rather follow Mahaprabhu's example and carry Siddhababa's divine remains on our head. So I have already explained this. I should mention another point, an anecdote from the life of Babaji Maharaj that he used to bathe in the Ganges and at that time he would gather some Ganges mud in a cloth and wrap it up and put it on his head and carry it around with him. In case he died somewhere not near the Ganges, he would have the Ganges near him nonetheless. Hmm. Great respect for the Braj Raj. This will be the Nadi Raj means here the the the, the dust, the the, the the dust of Nadia, the the, uh, the the waters of the Ganges and so forth. These are valuable, valuable riches, great wealth, and he, he could see that. He wanted to ornament, made himself with these with these things. Hmm. So on the first day of Agrahayana, hmm, so this is the first month of first day of the month of Agrahayana. This is the Oh, I told it. Uh, Agrahayana and Margashusha, there's two different words for the same name, or names for the same month. Doesn't Krishna say, I am Mansai Margashusha? Yeah, so Agrahayana, I think it is a different name for the same month. Uh, in Kulia, Srila Prabhupada performed the Samadhi rites for Gorkashordas Babaji, according to Vaishnava Smriti injunctions. A certain Podar Mahashai of uh, Lohagar in Jeshore district gave the land for the Samadhi, renouncing any claims on the property. Later, however, he renounced his promise and came to live there and engaged in various illicit activities on the site. During the Ganges floods, one season, that would have been in 1932, when there were great floods in Bengal, Uh, the Samadhi temple was threatened it was on the west bank of the, of the Ganges to, by the floods to be washed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bhaktisam Sarsitakur retrieved some of the remains from the Ganges bed and took them to the Chaitanya Math where the Samadhi was reestablished mm, on the banks of the replica of Radhakund created by Bhaktisam Sarsitakur at his Math. And so his samadhi is, uh, resides uh, uh, his holy form and samadhi in, in that place there under the protection of Bhakti Sarsi Thakur and his followers. It's a place that you can go when you go to Navadweep in our upcoming pilgrimage to Mayapur is being organized. So these are some, some comments, some reading about the great Gorkashore Das Babaji March, a very significant, as I say, an important person in our Gaudi lineage, one of the two, and in our Bhakti Vinod Park, but one of, two, of the two of the gurus of Bhakti uh, Saddam Sarasati Thakur, who used to uh, congregate together and sometimes do bhajan together. Bhakti Vinod Thakur was outgoing and a preacher, and Gorkashore Das Babaji March would sometimes come and listen to his Bhagavad discourse. Uh, right, he would come on a daily basis, actually. Um, 
so they were very close with one another, they were very different from one another. Hmm? So the, we have to look for the inspiration, the faith, the depth of absorption and so forth, and not expect every guru will act exactly in the same way. Uh, to accentuate this point, punctuate it, uh, Gorkshortas Babaji Maharaj told Bhakti Siddhanta, don't preach. Hmm? And uh, Bhakti Vinodhaka, of course, told him to start a mission and preach. Babaji Maharaj meant, don't trouble yourself with all the people of the world and so forth. Live in the Dham and and uh, perfect your life and, and and so forth. And of course he did that. He took a vow, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi to chant a billion names and and he sat until that was completed. It took quite some time, I think. And um, after that he got up and preached, and preached widely and so forth. So he honored both of his his guru's uh, orders, and um, as a result of that, we are all here today. So, Shila Gorkhshadas Babaji Maharaj ki jai, Gorkhshadas Babaji Maharaj tirubab amotsubhiti ki jai. Any question? Am I remembering correctly that Bhakti Nathakur took Beish from? Gorkishore. I think that's true. I think that he did after he renounced the family life and the last part of his life he took renounced dress from Gorkishore. Hmm. So they were intimately uh, connected. There's some people that like to make a claim that Bhakti Siddhanta was not really formally initiated by Gorkishore or connect with him, but the in the formal details, of course, of that we don't know. Hmm. But this, in substance, as we're speaking about, it's quite clear that uh, the family of Bhakti Vinod and the person of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur is his um, principal Vaishnav son and bearer of the mission of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. They were very, this family was very well connected with Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj and blessed and loved uh, by him. I mean, isn't part of their argument that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, as they put it, was unable to tell the Guru Pranali of Gorkashore Das Babaji, so therefore he couldn't have been initiated? But wasn't Babaji Maharaj the kind of person who was just not paid attention to such a yeah, well they they looked to to for formal recognition. Where's your letter? Hmm. Yeah, Diksha Patra with a list of the Guru Parampara and all these things, but but Babaji Maharaj didn't give it such things, and uh, he was not uh, uh, concerned with such details. He didn't want any disciples. I think that uh, he, he 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 mostly encouraged him to do Harinam, that you will find your Swarup. In this, in the sixteen, well, thirty-two, thirty-two syllables of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Hmm. So, his connection was real and substantial, but it lacked certain formalities. Hmm. And those who were more formal in their orientation and lacked substance naturally put more emphasis on such uh, formalities and tried to discredit Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur who was 
a huge enemy of hypocrisy, even in his own sect, in the Gaudi Vaishnava Sampradaya, was an enemy of that, and um, was um, pointing out hypocrisy and so forth at the embarrassment of some, which put him into life-threatening situations at, at, at times. So he was called Lion Guru sometimes. Singha Guru, Bhaktisiddhanta Sursi Thakur. The, uh, the lone disciple of Gokeshwadas Babaji Maharaj. Babaji Maharaj Kijai. Go with Premanande. <laughs>